the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boost to same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, get a $100 free bet when you go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Bold Challenge. $250 cash and a $250 gift certificate up for grabs exclusively on the SGPN app. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You know me, know the voice, know the guy. It's me, really real, villain real. It's Ralph Furman Jr. here at your service on a Friday in the NBA. Got my guy, Scott Studio Russia with me. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. I'm ex- pretty excited. Bowl game season officially starts in about seven minutes, which is a take, fun time. Take but... central. Oh, wait, is it really? Is yeah. it? Wait, the game is a seven. Wait, it's, no. it's at 1130. You got the UAB game against Oh, uh, no, Miami, I'm supposed to bet this game. All right, while you, you got, go you got ahead seven and talk minutes, for a little bit while I try to bet this game real quick. I was going to say, overall, pretty good. Uh, yesterday ended up splitting. I lost the lock by half a point on the under with that heat game. Tyler Hero couldn't be stopped, and yeah, he basically went for a 40-piece on my head, but did end up getting a bit lucky there with the dog. Had Zion 30-plus points, got there in overtime, so that ended up being a split for me. I'm still salty, though, about how the NFL Gambling Podcast episode between the two of us went for me because <laughs> I lost I lost two props on one play. I had 49ers defense touchdown any time. Well, you didn't really lose the props. You never had the props. Well, I had Geno interception. No, so, no, no. I mean, you had the, yeah. you had the props, but you never really yeah, that, had the that, props. That's true. I never had the winner. I had the props. But <laughs> I had this Niners defense anytime touchdown at 5-1. to one. Fumble recovery inside the five-yard line. I mean, fumble recovery returned to the five-yard line. And then they had the pick six, which I also had Geno interception for. And then you had the rough in the passer call, which was nonsense. So I missed out on a pretty huge payout on that one play with the rough in the passer. But I was all over the Niners. I was all over the under. And overall, I had a pretty good game. But missing out on two props on a questionable penalty on the same play, five to one. It was such a good read, too. It was just mm-hmm. unfortunate, but it is what it is. No, I mean, I, I had a bad day. Well, no, I hit the under, so I was I was straight there. But Seattle, I, w- I was looking for the backdoor cover. Didn't get it there. You had the then, McCaffrey yards, though. Yeah, yeah, I got the McCaffrey, McCaffrey yards. And I got George Kittle first touchdown. 12 to 1? 12 to 1. However, we are on an NBA show, so we're going to talk some NBA hoops. And we got another, what is this, 10 games today? 10-game slate here in the NBA. Yesterday, I came in late with the tweet. That's why you follow us on Twitter. Came in late with the tweet. Told you to hop on Moore's, on Moses Brown's rebounds and take them all the way up to 10 for plus 220. That cashed. What was the you original even, number at? Like seven it was and seven and a half. It was at seven and a half. And he had 12 in the end, I think. He ended, Yeah, he finished with 12. Moses Brown is one of my favorite players in the NBA just because when I always, every year, I go figure out what team he's on because mm-hmm. he's stashed on the bench somewhere on he's some the, team. He's the spot start rebound king. Yes, did it for Cleveland. It was great. Did it for the Thunder. He was great. 
Uh, now you just got to wait for him to have that 20 piece. So hopefully, uh, well, not hopefully Zubash is out for more time. But if he is out, Moses Brown is a great play for rebounds and sometimes points, honestly. All right, let's move on and actually talk about the slate that's happening today. Well, did you have any ta- did you have any takeaways from yesterday's action? You want to just go straight into it? I mean, Jock gave you a triple double in twenty six minutes. I'm I'm I don't have anything else to say. Do you I think there's value on Memphis to uh, win the West? Yes, a hundred percent. We've talked about it before, but I, I know you were pretty early to the party there. Mm-hmm. But you're really looking through the West. And the Warriors now are going to be without Curry for X amount of time, and they haven't been good to begin with. You're looking at Phoenix. They were good yesterday, but I was right about the Clippers, by the way. I said, ignore the injury report at around 11 o'clock. It's all going to change. They'll pull everybody <laughs> it's, at it's 7 all change. It doesn't matter. It's Clippers tradition. You pull everyone at 7 p.m. So the morning yeah. injury report doesn't matter for the Clippers. But you're going down the line of the Western Conference. How many teams do you actually like to make a deep run right now? Because Memphis definitely, I, I have it box. between two. I have well three. I, I, have I think New Orleans three. is even a stretch at this point because I hate the way they close games. I have Golden State when fully healthy. I think that they're going to be in it, and you're not concerned able- about them being like a seven or an eight seed, maybe a play in. I am concerned. I am concerned with that, but I think that if they get through that hurdle, they can go on a run. Just saying, it's a lot of mileage. Yeah, no, no, no. I get it. I just think that that's going to be like. I'm all. I'm not gonna discredit them. They're not my favorite. Yeah, that's why I'm mm, saying I last. It. But you the know. point is, they're having a bit of a down year. Yeah, right now. So, but Golden State would be one. Memphis is the second one, and then the last one is Portland, and that's okay. because of the fact that they look this good already, and their best defender still hasn't came back. That is true. So, Gary Payton the second was yep. rumored to come back three weeks ago or a month ago, and he still hasn't played. So I don't know what his story is. I still think they need another center. I'm not the biggest Nurkic guy. I think he's fine, mm-hmm. but he gets torched so often defensively on pick and roll coverage. Mm-hmm. I think they really need another more athletic center. Like I think if that team, if they get a, Miles, a, if they get if that, they had a Miles Turner, for example, yeah, I think they would be significantly better. Just for oh, yeah, absolutely. I know Nurkic I gives you some playmaking with passing and stuff. I kind of like that Portland wild card option there. I don't think they're good enough, but I can understand your angle. Mm-hmm. Denver, do you want to make a case for Denver? Nope. Nope. No, not at all. Not. No. Okay. And New Orleans, I don't think can close games. I have a coach of the year ticket on Willie Green, but the end of the game rotations at times and just decision making are atrocious. I and think I know New Orleans will win one series. They I think they'll win, win a series. series. Brandon Ingram, I know he's still injured. I think he's still a very solid player and he closes games, but I'm not sure New Orleans is actually good enough from behind the arc. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to really come back to bite them at times. But the point is, they're looking at the West. And I think Memphis right now is the most just complete team in the West because at least they have an identity. They mm-hmm. know what they are, and Bain hasn't even played for a month, and they're still winning. Mm-hmm. They're incredible at home, and you're looking at what happened last year. They view the Warriors as their arch rivals. The Warriors think they're beneath them because they should. They want a title mm-hmm. again. But Memphis, if you want the extra chip on their shoulder, they're looking at the team that beat them in the playoffs last year and the team that – you know, they compare themselves to they have an extra title and you could argue Memphis definitely wants to even the score. I sent out a tweet last night and I said that I promise I think it was something along the lines of I promise that the finals game between these two won't be as bad. And that is, that's probably fair. I I am very much do think that there's a good possibility that that Milwaukee Bucks and Memphis 
game we saw last night can happen again in the finals. Like, I think there's a very good possibility. I mean, we saw the Grizzlies beat the Warriors by they were up 50 in a playoff game and they still mm-hmm. lost the series. So I don't know if it really matters that much in the grand scheme, <laughs> but Memphis at home, though, I've been talking about their first half at home for a couple weeks now. Mm-hmm. It's printing money at this point. Mm-hmm. They are so good in the first half at home. That was last year, too. It's, mm-hmm. how, it's the identity of that team, as you said. So. Yeah. All right, before we get into the actual slate, let's talk about win bet. They're now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. You have exclusive rewards at your fingertips with casino play, sports betting, the win bet, win hour, the uh, same game parlay, win, build your own bet, construction zone, great promos and everything. Sign up today and get a special offer. Bet $100, get a $100 free bet. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Our subject, change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 and older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So did you get your uh, ball game bet in? While I was ranking. Yes, I did get my uh, bowl game bet in. It, I'm getting double digits in a bowl game. I'm taking it every time. Okay. And I'm sprinkling on the money line. So let's go Miami, Ohio. I was leaning UAB, on, but, then, but then McBride uh, ended up opting out. So that's another wrinkle in there. And and Miami, Ohio is used to playing at weird times. Yeah. Like, yeah, action always happens at weird times of the day. All right. Let's see here. Oh, wait, that is not that's the sports book. That is not what I'm looking for. All right, let's talk about this slate really quick. We got the Sacramento Kings playing the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. Minus six for the Kings. 237 and a half is the total there. Pulling up an injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Sacramento Kings. Whoa. The herders questionable. And that's yeah, bas- that's basically it for both teams. Kate, of yeah, course, Herder, for the year. herders questionable uh, for Detroit. Marvin Bagley is not on the injury report, so that's big. Everybody knows about Kate, and then Isaiah Livers is still out, but my, Marvin Bagley is expected to play today. Like good or All bad? Right. I'm actually a big fan of Durant. No, no, no. I think he's definitely like secured him a spot. I, th- I just think that gives them some really good length. Like they have three bigs that if anybody gets into foul trouble, they can rotate through pretty well. Like I, I think that's pretty solid for them. I like the over even more with Bagley playing because I can guarantee you Durant's a significantly better rim protector than Bagley. And it's mm. not even close. Wait, what you doing in the game though? Uh, over. I mean, I kind of just lean to it, uh, just not even just because of the Bagley stuff, but Detroit's been playing pretty up-tempo lately. We know Sacramento wants to play very up-tempo. Mm. Are we just blindly taking Sabonis rebounds? I mean, uh, he walked into 20-20 yeah. and 20 last game. I'm expecting an up-tempo game. Uh, I think Bagley, this one's a little more difficult because, again, he's just going to have a lot of big bodies to, to be around. It's also a very high total, of course, at around like 237.5, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, five and a half for Sacramento. I give props to Detroit. I think they've done a pretty solid job of covering as underdogs, but I know we blindly bet them as double digit underdogs. Yeah. There, yeah. It's not double digits here. I think this line's a little bit short because I do think Sacramento is a really good basketball team. And assuming Herder's out, what, you're going to put Monk into the lineup instead? I don't think the drop off is that big. I'm still, I'm still going to take Sacramento. Mm. Do you think there's a big drop-off between Herder and Monk? I know Herder's the better player, but 
But I think Monk's good enough coming around screens that you don't notice that much of a drop off in terms of offensive space. I think that it, I think the difference is that of what they do when they come off the screen. So when Herder comes off the screen, you know he's going to pull up, shoot mm-hmm. more than likely, or some type some type of mid range, something like that. But with Malik Monk, he's more of a slasher and going to try to get to the basket. He can pull up, he can slash. It's kind of a a little bit of difference in how you're scouting the two players and what they're going to do when they're coming off a pick and roll or when they when they're um, on an off ball screen or anything like that. So uh, I'm. Uh, is this a spot that Detroit can get right? Let's talk ATS a little bit before I make my decision. We have Sacramento last five games. They are two and three ATS. They've going. They've been on a long road trip. This is the last game of the road trip, I believe, as well. I was very impressed by that win in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very good win. And then for Detroit, you have three one and one ATS in the last five with wins. We got those two those two double digit wins that they had um against well, I guess Memphis pushed one, but whatever. It was close enough. Memphis and Pelicans, they got their outright win in Miami and then go get an outright win on the road in Charlotte. <sighs> this line feels about right, but I've seen more good things from Sacramento than Detroit. And even though Detroit's been good in an underdog role. It's not like they're a good basketball team. They're just yeah. better than they looked over compared to the first like ten games of the season. I still think Sacramento is a pretty good basketball team. I'm trying to think if these two teams get into a shootout, who do I like more? That's why I link to the over. I, I'm I'm just expecting a shootout. That's why I'm gonna kind of play it safe in that way. But um, I think I'm gonna go with Pistons. Okay. I think I'm gonna go with Pistons plus six, and I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking matchup-wise and lineup-wise, especially if Herder doesn't go, that's just like another dead score. And uh, Keegan Murray, Keegan Murray's been okay. Mm. Uh, but I, I think I have a little bit more faith in Bogdan Bogdanovich. And I, I think that's really the player that I want to play in this game, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Go well, the out threes here have, have a really been good. good game. Shout out yeah. to Killian Hayes, though. Hayes has been very solid lately. Yeah, yeah, Hayes Yeah, Hayes has been. He's had a, a crazy game the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was 20, like, oh, who are four. you? Like, who are you, sir? But uh, Bogdan's shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three. I wonder if he's in the 50-40-90 club. Got to figure that out, but uh, I don't think Boyan's a ninety percent free throw shooter. But I think he's yeah, probably, probably mid eighties. Yeah, I somewhere. I think I'm. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Detroit here because I just expect them to shoot out, and I think that this could be a closer. This is two possessions. I'm getting six. I got to get over two possessions at this point. I, I'd rather take my chances with uh, Detroit in a close one because I think that these two teams are going to be similar to that uh, Charlotte Hornets game where they're going shot for shot with each other. By the way, rounding. The numbers here. Uh, Boyan is 50, 43, and 89. Okay. Dang. That's close. All right. Anything prop wise for you? I'm not going to take unders. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. You have a total around 238. I feel like you're going to take overs or nothing. Boyan overs, I like. I'm going back to the well with Killian Hayes' assists. That's mm-hmm. done very well lately. I think I have to ignore the rebounding for Detroit because with Bagley being back, I'm not sure how the minute distribution is going to be broken down. And it's a have, high total. Like They could very well make everything. And you're they have them. They have, they have Stewart as well. So they have a couple of big men they could rotate. I do like Sabonis, though, because we know where he's going to be. He's going to mm-hmm. be in the paint. He's going to probably secure 15-plus rebounds. 
there's so many possessions to be had in this game. I think Sabonis props are going to be very solid. Do you are you tempted at all by a Sabonis triple double with a total this high? Uh, Sacramento might walk into 120. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say I'm tempted by it. I think I'm looking at Fox assists as well. I, I just think you're looking at overs. I'm expecting a track meet. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. All right, next game on the slate, we have the Atlanta Hawks going to play the Charlotte Hornets in Charlotte. Minus two and a half for the Hornets. 240 is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have, whoa, you disappeared Atlanta over there. is uh, very, very shorthanded. Yeah, so Atlanta, we have uh, Click Capella's not going to be playing in this game. DeJounte Murray is not going to be playing in this game. John Collins is not going to be playing in this game. And for Charlotte, Gordon Hayward was reported earlier this week to be making his return to the lineup in this game. Uh, Mark Williams is out. We know Dennis Smith Jr. and Cody Martin are still out. All right. And Olmelo is back, of course, because he played the last game. Yeah. I mean, it's like you don't trust Atlanta, but do you really trust Charlotte to even make it hard for Atlanta on the road? I'll ask you this. Since we know both teams defensively are useless, do you think Steve Clifford's press conference call-out will do anything in the short term for the Hornets? Uh. I hope so. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe for one game. Maybe. I hope so. <laughs> I think I have to link to Charlotte, especially if Hayward does potentially come back, because I think Hayward is a key piece of this team. But mm -hmm. the line movement in this game has been crazy. I believe it opened up at Charlotte minus one. Now it's at around like two and a half. The total is the funniest story. No, the I made a YouTube video last night. And I gave out Charlotte and Atlanta over 232 and a half. That's and I crazy. woke up and it was 240. It That's went up seven and a half points. And before you got it, it was at 228. Yeah, that was the 7 p.m. night prior line. But I so took it now at 232 have... and a half. It's gone up seven and a half points in roughly eight hours, eight or nine hours. Yeah, so that's from opening to now, you have a 12-point line move on yep. this total. I'm not taking the under. I, I can't take the under in this game. I think if you're going to take an under, you'd argue maybe it'll land the team total, and you hope Charlotte somewhat buys in, or Atlanta's just so injured that they don't have enough scoring depth to actually reach like a 120, which nah, would be the only Charlotte's going to let them score. The Charlotte's going to let them score. <laughs> I still like the over. Like, I just see it's this. Like, no, they Charlotte's just played gonna Detroit, and before overtime, game was a 254 in regulation. I, this game's going to be a track meet. I'm on overs on everybody. I like Bogdan. I think Bogdan's going to have a great game. He's going to have to start, basically, because they don't have many other guys. But Trey, he's been shooting terribly. His assist number's at 11.5. But he had, what do you have? He had 16 assists against Orlando, 13 assists against Orlando. He had a bunch of assists. Mm -hmm. But I think he's in line for a good game there. But you have Trey and Lamelo guarding each other, and neither one of them want to play defense. So... I have to like overs on basically everybody, don't I? A Kung Wu double double. You have no Capella. You have no depth. Your backup center is Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> a Kung Wu had a double double last game. I got to assume he's got value for a double double in this game. Yeah. Yeah. No. Maybe a Mason um... Plumley double double if you want to get sneaky with it. 
you blindly take the threes on Bogdanovich, on Rozier, and maybe AJ Griffin. It's it's like you got so many points to be had in this game. Yeah, it's just trying to figure out what to actually key in on and focus on. I know you're a PJ Washington guy. Yeah, I am. I am, and I think he had, he could have a very good game. He's a little, he might be due a little bit too. DeAndre Hunter, I know, led the team in scoring last game. I think he had twenty five. So maybe I'm looking at one of the I'm looking at one of the Duke guys. I'm looking at either Griffin. AJ Griffin or or Jalen Johnson, one or the other. I'm trying to figure out which one I want to go with more. I've gone on record when he was drafted. I don't think Jalen Johnson's a good basketball player. <laughs> I, I, that's just my opinion on him. I don't think he's that good. Uh, I'd probably go Griffin. Griffin has kind of been nice. I know he had two mm-hmm. buzzer beater game winners uh, so far this season. I'd probably lean him. Bogdanovich, though, is going to get the ultimate green light in this game. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he attempts like 11 three pointers. Would that right. surprise you? Like, they don't have many three point shooters on the entire team anyway. Yeah. No, he. I, I think. I think he's got to go like for thirty. <laughs> he's, he's really gonna have to. But if if I told you or post game, you look at the box score, and Bogdan goes like six for twelve from three, it's not. not that, it's not that far fetched. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I think. I think Bogdan. You got to take his. You the volume's take, gonna be crazy. You got to take his threes. He's gonna take at least ten. All right, I haven't picked a side for this game yet. I'm installing. Uh, I'll lean Charlotte at home. I don't like either team, but Charlotte's healthier, and Atlanta's useless on the highway. Yeah. If yeah, I had to pick that's a ultimately That's ultimately where I was going. This actually could be a very fun game to watch. <laughs> All right. Well, it better be a fun game. Both teams are expected to score 120 points. <laughs> the Indiana Pacers are on the road to go play the Cleveland Cavaliers. Minus eight for the Cavs. 222 and a half is the total. Injury report for these two teams, and we have for the Indiana Pacers, Chris Duarte, you know, is out. Dan Tice out, so yeah, pretty standard for them right now. And for the Cavs, pretty standard for them as well. The regular players that are missing are missing. Dean Wade, Dylan Wendler, Ricky Rubio. So rather full strength for both of these teams, or at least what we know to be full strength as of right now. You're getting eight with the Cleveland Cavaliers who have been absolutely great on at home ATS. They are 11, two and one to the number at home. And what is that? 12 and two straight up. Whereas on the road, the Indiana Pacers are seven and seven to the number six and eight straight up. However, they are 10 and nine as underdogs this season. So a little bit in the green there. What are you doing in this one, Scott? I think even though it's a decently large number in the NBA, I feel like I kind of have to take Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I just think that Cleveland, with Indiana's awful defense, it's been a little bit better with Miles Turner, but it's still not a good defensive unit by any means. Mm-hmm. I'm just expecting Garland and Mitchell to get to wherever they want on the floor. Mostly Mitchell. Mitchell might walk into 35 in this game, but you could see Garland and Mitchell combine for 60 and Garland maybe with a double-double in there. I know Lamar Stevens was actually very good last game. I think Mm -hmm. he had a double-double, actually. So I think he's kind of a sneaky player. And you have Allen and Mobley, and I'm just assuming Cleveland's going to dominate on the glass. But Cleveland is so good at home. And I think Indiana, Halliburton, I know, is great against the Warriors. I just feel like people might overreact to just how bad the war, how, how good Indiana looked last game because of how bad Golden State is on the road. Mm-hmm. And Curry got hurt midway through the game, and Indiana blew it open late. I got I got to go with Cleveland. 
this team is just a machine at home. And if I'm going to praise Memphis for being such a good home team and why they can dominate on their home floor any time, Cleveland's the same exact situation in the Eastern Conference. So if you're this good at home, I feel like I kind of have to back you. I'll take Cleveland. They should dominate on the glass. And I do think they have the – they have two of the three or the best two players on the court, we can argue, between Garland and Halliburton. But mm-hmm. Mitchell's easily the best player on the court, and it's not even close. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You? Uh I will Owen Cleveland. I can't get away from it. This number does feel right, though. But I will. Yeah, no, it does. It's and it's it's a rather large number. But here's why I feel comfortable with Cleveland going to go cover it, and it's the fact that they've already shortened the court for what the Pacers like to do on offense because the Pacers are 29th in the NBA in the last five games in terms of points inside the paint. And here you are, them going to play the Cleveland Cavaliers with the 10 Towers that have them at fifth in the NBA to opposing opponents' opponents points in the paint. So they defend the paint well. If you look at in, in, in excuse me, if you look at Indiana and how they are and just how they're constructed, they don't have a lot of people that slash get to the rim to the paint with very, very effectively. Like they have good slashers. They're not great. There's nobody that just sits here and says, that's how I got to go get my buckets. Like they like to play on the outside. They like to shoot, pull up jump shots, uh, threes on the outside, all of that stuff. That's how they kind of go and get their buckets. And so uh, I'm looking for Cleveland to kind of hone in there and try to limit them on the outside because they know they guard the painted area so well. They can take chances more on the outside and be, and know that they're covered behind them. So I and think that it's going to be a little bit of an issue. We just saw it against Dallas. Dallas likes to shoot a bunch of threes, and Cleveland shut them down for the entire game. Yeah, yep. So I like the opportunity for Cleveland here to get a really, really strong win at home where they just lost. I think they just lost their last home game, and that's not too uh, – familiar for them so yeah cleveland minus eight i know it's a big number i feel comfortable playing it for the total we have what did i say that total was at 222 and a half i think i'm leaning under in this one i see 223 i think i'm gonna lean under because i just think cleveland's defense is really gonna clamp down and indiana likes to play up tempo cleveland can but they really don't do it that often if I'm expecting Cleveland to win comfortably, aren't they just going to control the pace? Yeah, I think they control pace, but my concern is how effective they are controlling the pace because they can control the pace, go slow, and finish the game at some 50% from the field and really score a bunch of points here. Um, but 222.5 is rather high for their totals. I don't think they normally be getting a lot of totals that high. Yeah, yeah, you got a 225 when they played the Lakers, but 217, 217 and a half, 221 and a half, 217 again for Dallas. Uh, yeah, I think it does have kind of a similar game script to that Dallas game as well. So I'll go, I'll go under this total. Yeah, we, we talked about the uh, rebounding advantage Cleveland has. Just for reference, Indiana ranks 24th in rebounding rate. The main issue I have with their current front court. Miles Turner, really not that good of a rebounder. It seems like he doesn't try to rebound the ball half the time. You get the mm-hmm. same vibe with him? Uh, Yeah. It just... He shoots a lot of threes, so it doesn't give you much of an offensive rebounding upside. But I just think Cleveland's going to kill on the glass in this game. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think they are too. And he he just he he's giving Bam rebounds. It's that's what it's giving to me. He feels like another Bam where when you get on him, it's when he doesn't want to rebound the basketball. But anytime you're not betting on him, you look and he has 12 rebounds in the third quarter. All right. Next game on the slate, we have oh well anything anything else prop wise you like in that one? Halliburton assist eight. What do you say eight and a half at minus one forty three? Oh, that is a little bit. Juicy. I don't think Mine he's guaranteed a double double in this game. Like earlier in the year, he was just walking into fourteen. But Cleveland defensively is actually very good. I do think that you're looking at Mitchell points. I don't think anyone in Indiana can guard him. Mm-hmm. I think you're potentially looking at Garland assists. I know they've kind of cooled off a bit lately, but mm-hmm. I do think Garland has some very good opportunities too. Uh, get some assists. Are you blindly looking at like Jared Allen double double or something? Because I could really see Allen just walking into like sixteen and fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I like I like Jared Allen as well. I think that uh, this is a good spot for. I really like that Gadarius Garland assist. I had that one penciled down here, and just thinking that this is a good spot where they're going to get. You know, I was talking about the points on the paint on the other side, but I think this is a good spot where Cleveland's also going to get some very good points in the paints opportunity because they are fifth in the NBA in terms of scoring their own points in the paint, and 20 Pacers are 25th in terms of defending. So that opens up for Jared Allen. That opens up for a uh, Evan Mobley. It also opens up for Donovan Mitchell slashing to the rim. So I think that there's definitely a wide opportunity for Darius Garland to hit this prop today. I would even sprinkle on a double-double for him, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Brooklyn Nets going to Toronto to play the Toronto Raptors. Minus one and a half for the Brooklyn Nets on the road. 226 and a half is total injury report in this one. And we have, when I scroll to it, we have Royce O'Neal, who is not on the injury report. He's expected to play. Seth Curry is questionable with the hamstring. Patty Mills is doubtful with an illness. David Duke Jr. is out. And then we also have for Toronto Raptors, the people that are not playing are the ones you're expecting not to play. OG Anobi, Otto Porter Jr. and Precious Achua all are out for an extended period of time. Raptors are 0-3 against the net this season with the two losses coming with most of their roster available. They've scored 104 points per 100 possessions in that game, which it would be the lowest offensive rating against the league. Dang, they really just snapped on the uh, Raptors mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> uh, ATS-wise, Brooklyn's 2-3 in the last five ATS. However, they have four wins in a row. And for the Toronto Raptors' three-game losing streak, one in five, one in four ATS in the last five. The only win and the only win that they have straight up as well in these last five games was against the Lakers team that played nobody. So Toronto is effectively and officially reeling. I think Toronto is the team I'm most disappointed with this season because there's been a couple teams that have underachieved. Minnesota, for example, the Lakers. But I feel like we we saw that during the offseason. Like those I'd say that we expected them to struggle. We thought Toronto was going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And Toronto's not good. I feel like they're the team I'm most disappointed by. But the Nets, as you said before, I'll just do my uh, recap for my pick quickly because I'm a Nets fan. Recently, the Nets have owned Toronto. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but the Nets beat Toronto all the time. And the meetings this season have really not been that close. So I'm going to lean to the Nets. Uh, I think that they're playing good basketball. Toronto's not. They did the Kings at home. Sacramento's on a back-to-back, and they gave up 124. 
Mm-hmm. Van Vliet gave you a 39 piece and you still lost at home. I'm taking the Nets. I know Toronto at home is, you know, a good home court. I get all that. I want nothing to do with this team right now. And the Nets have just matched up well against this team in recent years. So I'm taking the Nets. I want to take Toronto so bad at home. Oh, so I really do. I. do. But, but I want nothing to do with them right now. I, I think I was just dead wrong about this team. Um, I like to see them win because it just I, I'm not going to say I'm not making excuses for them saying that they've been extremely injured. There's people that have got bit by the injury bug way worse, but it has been like different starters or mm-hmm. at least key role players at different times that just kind of throw things off. So I'd like to see them with full strength. And we also kind of know them to start slow, like they start season slow and then kind of pick it up towards the end so they can still you know, I think that they can still be a top six playoff team, maybe right there at six by the end of the season if they turn it on. But at the end of the season, but not now. And yeah, way, it's not happening right now. And Anobi's out for this game, right? Uh, Anobi is out. He is out. For this game. He's one of the he was one of the favorites to win Defensive Player of the Year, and I don't think it's a coincidence that he misses a game and you immediately give up 124 points. Yeah, yeah, no. So I. I I really don't like Brooklyn as favorite, but it's such a small line that I'll take my chance with it. I'll take Brooklyn minus one and a half. I think that they just have too much right now. And defensively, Toronto's got to get it back going. Mm-hmm. And they, they've been struggling recently and giving up a, just period point blank a lot more points than they normally give up. So uh, they're normally closer into those hundreds range. And you have 124 to Sacramento, 111 and 113 to Orlando respectively uh you have 113 to the lakers 116 to boston like it's they're not there defensively right now and if you give this nets team points they're gonna kill you for it so yeah i'm back you with the nets here i think they durant the like for 40 tonight i think they durant and kyrie are gonna potentially go for 70 yeah I, I don't know who can guard either of them at this point i know was their main ball pressure guy van vliet tries on defense is he a good defensive player not really i think he's okay uh, but you're looking at what else the Raptors have defensively. You have Scotty Barnes, who mm-hmm. has really been underwhelming this year. Like he hasn't been awful, awful, but people thought he'd maybe make a leap, and he hasn't. I really think they done just that. pushed it like a really, really high leap. Like they were talking like mm-hmm. a really, really high leap for him, and I, I was like, all right, he's gonna be better. But he was rumored to be untouchable in like a Durant trade. Like that's how high. Yeah, his was. yeah, that's where I was like. I don't think he's that untouchable. But you have Siakam, who's a good player. Is he a great defensive player? Not really. They throw in, like, Coloco and a couple centers in there who I think are okay rim protectors. Mm-hmm. But I really just see Durant getting whatever matchup he wants in this game. Same thing with Kyrie. Like, who's going to stay in front of either of those guys? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is, like, a one of those uh, – I, I don't think it's one of those games where you are surprised, but you just go look at the box scores, and Kevin Durant has 35, and you're like, oh, well, he was just consistently getting buckets throughout the entire game. Yeah, you look up, and Durant has like 35, 8, and 6, and it's like, oh, he's shooting 60% this game. It's like, yeah, it sounds about right. He was wide open on a bunch of mid-range jump shots. Like, yeah, it sounds about right, but I'm going with the Nets, and I'll lean to the over. All right. Yeah, I'm on the over as well. Here we go. We have the Orlando Magic going to play the Boston Celtics in the Garden. Minus 12.5 for the Celtics. 226.5 is the total injury report for this one. And we have, whoa, that's the wrong screen. Injury report for this one. And we have for the Orlando Magic. 
Jalen Suggs is out. Gary Harris is out. Uh, and that's basically it. Everybody else that you know is still out, still out. For, same thing for the Celtics, except this. Robert Williams is expected to play in this game and make his season debut. Al Horford is questionable. Marcus Smart is questionable. Uh, I'll be I'll be brief. I'm going to take Orlando plus the points. I, yeah. I think the spread's way too high. And, and really I high love spread. Robert Williams. I'm a big Robert Williams guy. He's only going to play like 20 minutes, five minutes, probably. five minutes stretches, yeah. and then sit down and finish with 20 minutes in the game. I'll say a ceiling of 20 minutes. So yeah. even though I love Robert Williams, you always got to keep in mind the easing in process where players come back after a long time off and they're going to be playing shorter minutes and they're probably going to have really questionable minutes in terms of efficiency because they'll be rusty. And we know that Robert Williams is a menace on defense. Offensively, he is definitely a good lob threat, but I can't say he's a great offensive player by any means. I like how Orlando's played. They ended up sweeping Toronto. They've looked they've looked good. I mean, scored 50 points in the first quarter against Atlanta. I know Atlanta's falling apart, but still 50 points in a quarter. I mean, that's just insane. Mm-hmm. But Boncaro's been very good. Bulbul's been very good. I Markel Fultz has been really good since he came back, and Wagner's been been just phenomenal. But I think Orlando is being slept on, and I think 12 and a half is mm-hmm. really high. I just think that Orlando is kind of being slept on. I'm gonna take the points. Yeah, I wasn't getting here on a double-digit spread with Boston. I wasn't going to be able to get there and do it. I would against an awful team, but I think people are so distracted by Orlando's overall record that it doesn't fully account for their recent form. Orlando's a lot better than their current record. They are. They very much are. And you have, like, I just like how this team is constructed and the fact that it – Paolo Bencaro, we all understand Paolo Bencaro is the guy. This is mm-hmm. his team. He's the main scorer. But you can go to Franz Wagner plenty of times. Like bringing Cole Anthony off the bench brings you another scorer and ball handler uh, coming into that lineup. And then uh, Markel Fultz has been playing all right. Like he's yeah. shooting 45.7% from the th- from three this season. So Good facilitator. Yeah, and Bo Bo out here is trying to show you that he can be what everybody's saying Wemby is going to be. Like, you see, you just see Bo Bo coming at you from the three-point line. And so a little bit of a revenge game here for him as well, playing against Boston. I think that this Orlando Magic team can keep up. And uh, I, I haven't looked and seen what they got and when they got in a big number this season. But I remember them covering it a couple of times. So, yeah, I'll take Orlando here, plus 12 and a half. I remember that the Celtics covered a couple of times. They had some favorable spots. They had like the Pistons on a back-to-back, and they smacked the crap out of them. They've had some favorable spots. But every time I watch Bowl Bowl, I really just wonder why the hell Malone couldn't find him any minutes in Denver mm-hmm. at all. But I think Orlando's not that bad. I think Boston's going to win the game, but I think it'll be close. They played earlier this season. It was 126-120 in Orlando. Yeah, Boston was an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I think there's something similar. Something similar, maybe a 10-point game. Yeah, I think Boston wins, but seven. All right. I, I'm on over. I'm really on the fence in this one because Orlando's been very good offensively, but I do wonder if Boston's going to look really good defensively at home after whatever the hell that second half was against the Lakers. I'm kind of wondering. Uh, I think I think I have to lean over because Orlando offensively has really found their groove, but I don't really have a strong opinion on it, especially when you're going to be using a brand new center 
who's a phenomenal defensive player, but you're assuming offensively the spacing might be a little bit off when he's mm-hmm. on the court. Yeah. Um, no, it's I'm like still, two, yeah. 226 and a half. Like, I don't know. There's been a lot of overs in the NBA for the last couple of days. I don't know if you've noticed that. These totals what's, Boston's, what's Boston's team total? Uh, well, they're favored by 12 and a half, so it should be around the 218. What? It should be around the 118, the 119 and a half range. Mm. I just know they – I think they – I still think they score. I just they think should. Orlando keeps up. Orlando's not a good defensive team. They just scored 50 points against Atlanta in the first quarter and held on. And the one thing – and the one thing they do well really doesn't apply – like they've been guarding the points inside the paint really well over the past five games, but it really does that doesn't apply to how Boston really plays offense. Yeah, Boston may drive a little bit, but they're they're a jump shooting team. They feel comfortable in their shots that shot selection that they take outside the paint. So uh yeah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna still go over. I'm not gonna think too hard. Yeah. Well I'll ask you this though for player props. Who would you rather back? Would you rather back Jalen Brown or Tatum? Because if you like the over, one of them's probably going for at least thirty. Uh, Unless you think Boston can score 125 without either guy going for 30, which I think is rather doubtful. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I think one of them goes for 30. I'll probably... Um, I'd probably say I feel Tatum. like it's a, it's a conflict. So I feel like I'd probably conflict. say Tatum after his ridiculous shot-making late in the fourth quarter against the Lakers that might just roll over into this game at home. Tatum could go for 35 or 40. I don't think I'd be surprised. I think Boncaro is going to have himself a game, though. I think Boncaro yeah, like, might go for like I think Boncaro and uh, Bol Bol both can have themselves a game, especially with mm-hmm. Robert Williams coming in and out the lineup. I think Bol Bol can have himself a game, too. Yeah. All right. Let me see here. i getting distracted. Hold on, hold on. Wait one second, one second. I got to get my screens back. All right, everything's back. Cool. Going on to the next game of slate, we have the Golden State Warriors on the road. Got to remember to say that. Against the Philadelphia 76ers. No curry. No no curry in this game. Minus nine and a half is the line for the 76ers. 220 and a half is the total. Totals dropped and dropped and dropped with the no curry news and everything. Apparently, it opened up at 231 and a half. It's now down at 220 and a half. And for the injury report for these two teams, we have... I'm sorry, what did you say the total opened up at? 231.5. You're telling me Curry's worth 11 points to a total? Apparently. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I heard that correctly. Okay, yep. just making sure. Clay Thompson is questionable with the knee injury. We know Andrew Wiggins is going to be out for some time. Jeremy Green is questionable with the quad oh, so injury. They're, so they're punting the game. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, Andre Godala is out for injury management. Bro, Iguodala's played less games than Udonis Haslam this season. James Wiseman is available. <laughs> and for the 76ers, D'Anthony Melton is not on injury report with the back injury. Daniel House is probable with the foot injury. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz is questionable with an illness. And we know we're not seeing Maxi still. All right. Any, any case we're going to state in this game? No. I think the only case would be if Philly just gets bored and completely overlooks their opponent. But in reality, no. Golden State's on the road, so you know that's not going to go well anyway. Who the hell's going to guard Embiid? Who the hell's going to guard Harden? Like, even Tobias Harris. I don't know who's going to guard any of these people for Golden State. 
And the Sixers' last game beat the hell out of Sacramento. They beat them mm. so badly that I messed up my Embiid, my Embiid player prop because they pulled him. I had him at 31 and a half points, and he went for 30. He went for 31 flat, actually, because he got pulled with like seven minutes to go. But that's really the issue I have in this game. I want to take player props, but I'm really concerned Philly's going to be up 30, and they're going to pull everybody in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what to do for player props in this game, but I got to take the Sixers. They're at home. Golden State's a useless road team, and they're missing everybody. I got to assume that Philly rolls here, don't I? Uh, yeah, yeah, you do. And I mean, I'm not. I don't like. I don't like this spread. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't like it. I'm taking yeah, Philly you're, you're out of obligation. With Doc Rivers, which is yeah. never a fun time. But I, I'm taking Philly out of obligation and the fact that they're 11 and 4 ATS at home. Uh, I think that that was the right line that I was looking at. Yeah, 11 and 4 ATS at home. So uh, out of obligation there. But my real angle is the total. Hop in on the over. I like the over. That's hop in on the over. Two twenty and a half. We're hop in. This is it. I'm telling. Hop in on the over because Philly's going to control the pace in this game. We we understand that. We know that it's going to be an incredibly slow pace. They are going to be so effective in that slow pace. Like they are going to be so effective when they get those sets and they go to the players they want to go to because I just don't think that Golden State has the ability with. Andrew Wiggins and potentially no Draymond Green as well to stop anything that Philly has to go to give them. However, I still think that they have the talent on their side to at least keep up the scoring. Like 220 and a half, I think is way too low for this for this total. Uh, it's a it's a few points too low, and I'm I can see this going over. Like I can absolutely see this going over. Would I took it to go over in the two thirties? Probably not. But now I'm getting 220 and a half. I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable with this going over that total. Yeah, I agree. That's that's why I had to make sure that you said originally it opened up at 231.5 and now it's down to 220.5 because Philly scored 80 points in the first half against Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Like This team offensively is clicking right now. Golden State defensively we know stinks, but they still have a lot of young guys who want to run, still have Poole, still have Kaminga. Kaminga props I don't mind in this game, but you're looking at really attract me potentially breaking out here, and I was trying to look for some props that I might like, and... Even though you might have to worry about some starters getting pulled here and there if Philly goes up by a ton, Embiid, if he plays 38 minutes in this game, could easily go for 50, just for the record. I don't Mm. know if he's going to play that many minutes, but I think he could. I'm really looking at James Harden here, Mm. and his assist number is a 10.5, which I have to like the over on. Any thoughts on Harden triple-double? Because I see it at around like 10-1. to We know Harden always takes these games against Golden State personally because of the pass that they've had against each other. But I see Harden at plus 550 at one book for a triple-double, plus 550. The other book is 10-1. to mm-hmm. And if you look through Harden's numbers against Golden State, he's had a double-double, 10-plus assists, in six of the last seven meetings. Now, his usage rate is way, is way down because he was on Brooklyn and he was on Houston. But if you're assuming he's going to walk into basically a guaranteed double-double and Golden State's not a good rebounding team, isn't there value in Harden triple-double at like 10-1? to 1? Mm-hmm. I think there is. I mean, we talked about it, uh, or I talked about it with Munaf uh, yesterday, and Morant ended up having a triple-double in three quarters against Milwaukee. But I think there's a definitely a path for Harden to get a triple-double if they play this game 10 times, I think he has a triple-double in at least one of these games. 
Ten mm-hmm. to one? I'll throw it in a long shot parlay piece. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I like it. Ten to one to see. It, it doesn't seem real. <laughs> it's five fifty on another site. So you're getting roughly two times the odds just by shopping around. Mm-hmm. I got to assume people are going to slam it, and it's probably going to close closer to like 750. Once yeah. again, minutes could be an issue. Harden might not play the fourth quarter. But and that's kind of why I want to be on Golden State plus nine and a half, because if Golden State makes this, like if Golden State pass, makes rather, this a close game. I'd rather live bet it. I think yeah. that you have a much better chance of getting Golden State live at around like 16 and a half, 17 and a half. And I saw it in the Sacramento game. The live spread for Sacramento was like 25 and a half in the fourth quarter. And then Philly's bench squad immediately gave up like a 10 nothing run. Yeah, I'd rather live bet the Warriors if I had to play it. Yeah. But I'll look for the triple-double there. And for props, are we just on Kaminga double-double? Are we on Kaminga points? Because I know you've been pretty high on Kaminga for props, and he's done quite well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to be – I probably will end up being on that side, especially – uh, potential of no Draymond. I'm, I think that's what I'm just kind of waiting for. Draymond's got to be out for me to kind of get there. I don't think I, I want to get there on a double double with him coming off the bench, but mm-hmm. I think well, that he, he start, definitely. Right? Huh, yeah, if yeah, if Draymond's out. I think he starts. Uh, I don't know if he uh, does. He start with Steph. Out? Is Draymond and Clay potentially and Curry? Like I think Kaminga has to start. They're not depends. No, no. So if all of those people are out, then yeah. But if you're getting like. I think two people have to be out for him to be pushed into the lineup because you have DiVincenzo, who they really like, and they're bringing him up. And uh, I think they feel comfortable with Kaminga coming off and being that spark for the second unit. So I think we got to see, like, you know, everybody be announced out. And then I may be sitting there being like, all right, I'll be interested in Kaminga. But I don't want. I think all three will not play if I had to guess right now. Yeah. That's where I stand. I don't think it's a coincidence that Curry's out and then suddenly Draymond, who gets ejected, didn't play that much in the Indiana game. He looked fine. He was just awful in the game. Mm-hmm. Suddenly Curry's out and Draymond and Clay are mysteriously on the injury report now. I don't think they're playing. Yeah, and it's going to be a, a long road trip going into the Christmas Day game. So That Christmas maybe Day game some stock tough. just plummeted, by the way. Yeah, it really did. It did so much. I hope the uh, Warriors, I mean, I'm sure the Warriors will still make it a good game, but uh, I don't even think five Sprite Cranberries are going to make that game watchable for me. (laughs) I'm still going to watch the game. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the New York Knickerbockers going to play the Chicago Bulls again. Minus two and a half for the Bulls this time around. 225 and a half is the total. You got to put some respect, by the way, the surging New York Knickerbockers. Yeah, I guess you could say they're surging. Uh... Obi Toppin is really the big thing to uh, note for the Knicks there on the injury report. And for the Bulls, Ayo Desomu is questionable with the pelvic injury, and you know you're not going to see Lonzo. All right, we got the automatic rematch. Knicks took the first game. Overtime. It was a thriller. Yeah. Still got to add the fact that what does that make Tibbs now 10-4 and four against the Bulls? I think it's 10-4 or 11-4. He's done very well against yeah, the Bulls. Yeah, something like that. He's very good against the Bulls. Okay. Do we back the Bulls in the automatic rematch? I think I don't think I can. Like, I lost a prop on this game. So, I ended up splitting with my action on the first meeting. I live mm-hmm. bet the Knicks and they won outright. Mm-hmm. Sweat, but they won. And I had the Bulls team total under. 114.5. Yes, we did. The Bulls scored 117. 
They shot 58.4% from the floor. In the second half, the Bulls, excluding overtime, the Bulls shot 67% from the floor, and they still lost the game. Mm -hmm. I don't think they shoot that well again. The Bulls are not a good basketball team. The Knicks might be decent. They started giving McBride (laughs) some minutes. They started giving uh, Grimes minutes. I'm a huge Grimes guy. I think Grimes is a really good role player. A couple big threes there when the Knicks needed them. But Randall was very good for about three and a half quarters. Brunson closed it. Disgusting Mm -hmm. ankle breaker on Caruso. That was filthy. But (laughs) Made that boy slap his hands. He really did. It was bad. But... Levine, I'm still not sold on. It looks like he's still. It looks like he's not fully 100. percent If you watch Levine play, mm-hmm. Vucevic, I understand why Bulls fans don't like him. I just don't think he knows what his role in the offense is. DeRozan's <laughs> gonna get whatever the hell he wants. You can't stop DeRozan. Mm-hmm. I think DeRozan might go for 35, 40. He might attempt 20 free throws halfway through the fourth quarter. But I think I'm gonna lean to the Knicks. Because the Bulls shot that well from the floor. Once again, 58-plus percent from the floor. And they still lost the game. You can't shoot much better than that. I'm going to lean to the Knicks. I think the Knicks are a bad matchup for them. I am. My favorite play is the under. I like the under, too. It's the game after theory. Both teams shot very well. I think you're going to see a lot more defensive just battles here in this game. And I think you've also seen each team run their sets. You mm-hmm. just saw, you have the film on everybody, so I like the under yeah. too. But. Yeah, I was on under the first game and it went over, but you know, again, they shot fifty eight percent. I'm not betting on them to do that again, and I and don't. They still they, lost. Yeah, I on the side. I usually automatically expect a split with rematches, but I, I really like the Knicks and how they're playing. They're playing really well. I think Chicago should blow up the team. I've said it several times already. Yes, you have. Uh, have you agreed? Have you uh, come to my side? Or you still think they should ride it out because Chicago's headed nowhere fast. I think I don't think they should blow up the team, but I I think that they should go a different direction of how they're trying to construct the team. Like they're oh, just you can keep like the Vucevic, but Vucevic, Vucevic isn't Vucevic isn't helping. Like yeah. I he's not helping. He's very off and on on the offensive end, and he does nothing for you on the defensive side of the ball. I would just rather you go ahead and get in a defensive center, yeah. an actual rim protector, and then no, you'll the probably middle. realize me in the middle. Keep DeRozan. You can trade some of the other guys. Oh yeah, keep DeRozan. I would I would keep Levine too. I, would keep I don't DeRozan know what to think of Levine because his like his leg issues have been there for a couple of years. So my issue with I truly I truly I've said it before and I'll say it again. I truly believe Lonzo is the thing that fixes the Bulls, and they're going to suck until Lonzo is in the lineup. And according to recent reports, he's probably not going to play this year. He's still having surgery, and he still has pain in his knee. So that's why I'm like, at this point, you got to just kind of decide that uh, Lonzo might not – like he's just not available. He's not going to be available for us, and you need to go a different direction of getting somebody that can actually run your offense rather than DeRozan and Levine telling everybody to run around and whoever open takes the shot, but – uh, they definitely, I would definitely get rid of Vucevic. I would actually go to Indiana and say, hey, look, I know you like to score. He can score. We're not going to take that from him. He can score. Can't do shit else, but he can score. Can we get that guy that defends since you hate defending? And we'll take that and boom, boom, bada bang, bada bam. If you want to pick, we'll throw that in there too. Doesn't matter. Bing, bing, boom, bam. And let's, let's switch because that's what Chicago needs. They need a rim defense. They need a rim protector. Like they need a rim protector bad. <laughs> and I mention this all the time, but I tend to be a little bit biased towards teams with I with an identity of any kind. 
the Knicks kind of regained their toughness identity, which made them, you know, a pretty solid team like a couple years ago. I don't know what the hell the Bulls are. The Bulls late in games, I know DeRozan is a shot-making machine in the fourth quarter. You know the Bulls have the worst record in the league in, like, clutch time minutes? Mm-hmm. They have the worst record in the league in, like, five-point games. or like They you know, will not be winning the clutch player award. They are terrible, and yet DeRozan is still a very good clutch player. So their entire identity is DeRozan, please bail us out late in games, and they're still not winning late in games. Like, I don't know what this team is good at. I wonder what, what the criteria. I wonder what the criteria for a clutch player of the award, clutch player of the year award is. Like, what's the criteria for that? Do you have to have like? Do do you have to have a buzzer beater? Is it just like points in the last couple minutes of four? If, if like, it's buzzer beater, then AJ is a defense right now is the front runner to win the award. Yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. He has two buzzer beaters, so he should be a front runner. But also, is it defensive and clutch moments? Like, does that go into it? Because you got some defenders that really come up big in a clutch. Like, so. What is the parameters for that? It's award? solely Very judged based on the dagger three-pointer celebration that you have. Yeah, and that's what I'm like because last year, Lillard DeRozan, DeRozan probably would have won it last yeah. year. De- well, DeRozan was the clutch, most clutch guy last year, but I do think if you're looking at the Bulls' overall team, and that's kind of went off a little bit on our tangent there, I don't like this Bulls team. Really, that's just the short piece of it. Oh, I think yeah. this Knicks team is actually not that bad. Brunson's been solid. Randall's been solid. They've coexisted well. Baird is still very streaky, but he has been okay lately, and he was pretty good in the first game. Mm-hmm. I do really like Grimes. I think they found somebody there who's a nice 3 and D player, which they really needed, and Mitchell Robinson gives you rim protection. I'm going to go with the Knicks. It goes against my usual theory of splitting back-to-backs, but I think the Knicks are the better team. All right. And I agree. With I'm gonna money. go. I'm gonna go Bulls. I'm, I'm gonna go with the back to back and just go to the Bulls. I'll hedge that instead of taking Bulls. I'll just take DeRozan points. Yeah. No, I do think DeRozan scores a lot. All right. And I'm on under. For next game to say, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves going to OKC to play the Oklahoma City Thunder. Where the Thunder are a two and a half point home favorite. Two thirty three and a half is the total. Injury report for these two teams and we have for Minnesota. Rudy Gobert is questionable. D'Angelo Russell is questionable. Austin Rivers is not on injury report. Jordan McLaughlin is out. And then, you know, Kat, excuse me, Kat and Torian Prince are out as well. And for OKC, Kenrich Williams is out. D'Ang is injured. Uh, James Robinson Earl is injured. Shoo. I mean, I'll blindly take double-double on Nas Reed if uh, Rudy Gobert is not playing. Yeah, definitely. But... I'm going to take OKC. (sighs) It would be such a classic joke, though, if Minnesota just wins without Gobert in the lineup, just for the hell of it. But, I mean, you know how much I hate this Minnesota team. Yeah, it's, it's the, well the spot to fade OKC ATS, though, is as a favorite. I remember they struggled last year as a favorite, and the games they were actually favored in, they lost. And it's pretty much the same this year. Two and four is a favorite this far on the season. Uh, but everything for Minnesota is bad. They're 10 and 18 ATS, three and seven in the last 10 games, five and nine on the road, two and eight as an underdog. <sighs> I mean, I, I'm I, I I feel like I just got a back shay. 
I got to back. I, I got to back the team that feels more confident in the lineup that they're putting out. Backing Shea, backing Giddy. At least they have some cohesion. I don't know what. The yeah, hell is I don't going. know what you're gonna get from the rotations from the from the Timberwolves. With you know, they haven't played a game with possibly no Rudy Gobert and possibly no D'Angelo Russell. Like that's that's Russell a lot. Didn't now play you're getting last game. That game was close against the Clippers. I don't know if you watched any of that game. It was disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it was ugly. It, like I said, it was going under. <laughs> I just thought that you know it'd be under in a closer game, but it, it definitely went under. If you had an all points under that cashed. So. But they were giving like Austin Rivers a bunch of minutes, and I'm just looking at the backcourt going, you really have nothing. Yeah. Edwards needs to step up, and I still like Edwards. I know he's a great talent. Is it fair to call him out for being a little bit, not even a little bit, just way too passive this season? He feels invisible in about half the games, if not more, that he's played in this season. It's been inefficient. Yeah, and I know the spacing doesn't help because Gobert's going to sit in the paint, and we know Edwards wants to drive a lot. He really hasn't been good this year, and I feel like people just keep waiting for him to like put up some big games. He really hasn't been good, and I keep waiting for him to step up when guys are out, and he just hasn't done it. Hmm. I don't even think that's being harsh. I think that's just fair criticism. No, what do you no, think? Is yeah. that fair? No, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. He's just he's he's not a he's forty five percent from the field right now, and what, they're getting what's into, he averaging per game? Twenty two point five. Actually, higher than I thought it was, to be honest. But he's you still people thought coming he was gonna be at twenty five to you know, he's gonna take that next leap scoring wise and it just has cat's been yet. out for what, like three weeks already? That's a lot of extra shots that are available to you. But he's shooting his shooting splits you said before, he's roughly forty five, thirty six, and seventy five. He's averaging over three turnovers a game. I still mm-hmm. like him as a player, but people were expecting this massive leap after he had a couple big playoff games. He just hasn't been that guy this year. Yeah, I'm going with OKC with the continuity of OKC a little bit better at home. Expect them to get it done. And a Timberwolves team that they do play tough, and they have, a, I believe, they have a win. Yeah, they have a win against them earlier this year already. So Is I'm going to go ahead. Game? Uh, no, I don't think that one was overtime. That was just like it a was just high scoring. Okay. Yeah, it was just a high scoring ass game, but no, it wasn't overtime. All right, and uh, we already talked about the props, so. Total two thirty three. Does Minnesota hold up their end of the bargain? I think I have to like the over though, because without Gobert, don't you just assume they're going to play insanely fast? Yeah, they should. And OKC wants to play fast, so I think the pace is definitely going to help out the over. All right, let's go with it. I'll take it over. <laughs> Next game of the slate: Portland Trailblazers are going to play the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas. Minus four for the Mavericks. Two twenty-five and a half is the total. Injury report for this one. And for Portland, we have Josh Hart, who is probable. Drew Eubanks, who is probable. Trenton Watford, who is probable. Uh, you won't, you're not going to see an Azir Lodor or Gary Payton second. And for Dallas, you have Josh Green, who is out. Davis Bertans, who is questionable. And no Maxi Kleber. Kleber's out for roughly two months. Yes. Which you can argue is a blessing in disguise because now they have to give Christian Wood more minutes. But they're uh, good at home. 11 and 4 on the road for Portland, 13 and 5 as an underdog. Dallas 5 10 and 1 at home, 6 15 and 1 as a favorite. It's like these two teams are on completely opposite sides. The spectrum overall ATS Dallas is 9 18 and 1, Portland 19 and 9. Am I 
Isn't that crazy though that Dallas is eleven and five straight up at home, but they're so bad against the spread? Yes. Yes, absolutely insane. Which is and four is enough for me not to back them on the spread. I'm taking Portland. I I understand that Dallas at home has been good. You can argue that they need a good performance after mm-hmm. they've been pretty underwhelming. I know Luca went for forty two in the first meeting, and you're assuming Luca might go nuts. I just hate the supporting cast of the passion. And Josh Green is one of the only guys on that team supporting cast that I actually like. I think Josh Green's a good player, and he's just not going to be there. Now they have to reinvent the rotations with a bunch of guys being injured. You're looking at how Portland's played lately. Jeremy Grant, by the way, casual 37 points in the first meeting. Simons is healthy. Lillard's been a lunatic. I think I have to pick Portland. I mean, Luka might go nuts again, but I don't like their supporting cast, and I think Portland's just the much better basketball team. And mm-hmm. they've been good on the road. I'm going to take Portland. All right. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm on Portland. There's, you're not kidding me on Dallas in this game. After seeing them and how they played Milwaukee, was it? No, Cleveland. Cleveland is the one that I'm talking about. They got, uh, they got destroyed in that yeah. game. Yeah. And the thing here is that if it was maybe two, then I would probably look to Dallas. But I just have a feeling that Dame is going to have – like they can pull themselves back into the game. Even if Portland goes into the fourth quarter down, they can pull themselves back into the game in the fourth. And Dallas is a terrible team in the fourth quarter because Jason Kidd doesn't actually draw plays at the end of games. <laughs> yeah, you so, just kind of give it to a player and say, hey. Oh, it's the signature Luka step-back 38-footer that never goes in. That's the only play they have with the game on the line. Um, so I'm on Portland. Hold on one second. We have – whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Portland 16 and 12 in the fourth quarter. Dallas 13 and 15. Let me see if I can split this down a little bit more. See if there's anything intriguing there. Eight and eight at home for Dallas in the fourth quarter. Uh, Portland nine and six on the road. Let's get a little bit smaller of a sample size there. I mean, I, I mentioned the fourth quarter under last Dallas game, but that was a, a lot of it had to do with Cleveland's pace as well, which isn't exactly applicable in the situation. What last five home games, one and four ATS in the fourth quarter for Dallas and on the road, Portland is two and three. All right. So nothing, no really, really strong meat on the bones there, but I still think that Dame clutch player of the year award, future winner. I don't know. I'm Bubble still about to, I still got to go find out. Bubble who, MVP, Damian Lord. Yeah. I got to figure out what, what the parameters for that award is, man. I really want to know. I'm about to go look it up after the show. All right. Total sitting at 225 and a half. I think I have to lean to the over. I mean, the first meeting landed 229. Luca went for 42. Jeremy Grant went for 37. But I'm not sure if Lillard actually played in that game. I actually mm-hmm. want to check that. But I think I'm going to lean to the over. I know Dallas plays slower, but I see a lot of quality shot making in this game. Mm-hmm. I just think Portland's going to make more shots. So I will go with Port. I'll go with Portland in the over. I don't feel great about the over, but I'm going to lean that way. First meeting landed 229. Lillard did play. He had 29 and 12. He attempted 17 free throws in the first game. <laughs> okay. Sure. Uh, last thing that I wanted to mention before we move on to this game. Hold on. I need 
to pull it up because I want to see how far this goes back. Because I know for a fact that Portland has lost five straight to the Mavericks. So let's see how far this, how long of a win streak is this really? Uh, And that's exactly what it is. It's four straight. Yeah, five straight. So it's five straight. So they're on, they are on a five straight game win streak against Portland Trailblazers. I think it is today. I like Portland. Dallas's team in the past tended to be better, and Portland was also kind of awful the last year and a half, two years. Yeah. So I don't know if that really applies, but changing of the guard. But they do have a win against them earlier this season. Yeah. And where, what was this? Because I I think I was on Portland that game, and Dallas got the win. Dallas won by five, but yeah. But it was, oh no, Dallas didn't even cover that game. It was a six and a half point spread. So. Mm They suck covering at home. That's crazy. Yep. All right. They win games. It's weird. Yeah, very weird. Okay. Denver Nuggets are going to play the Los Angeles Lakers in Los Angeles. Minus one and a half for the Nuggets. 237 and a half is the total. Injury report for these two teams. And we have here for Denver, Mike Porter Jr., is injured and according to uh Joe Mazzula's injury report, that is a good thing. <laughs> not injury report, but his scouting report on Quizlet, that is a good thing that Mike Porter Jr. is not playing. Absolutely killed him in that scouting report. Mm-hmm. And for the Lakers, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are probable when Yang Gabriel is out and JTA is not gonna play. 20 for 25 and for LeBron and 24 for 26 for AD when the probable tab has been given. All right. Is this first, first is of this, all I like I like the under. I think this total is insanely high. It is very it is very very high and I think the Lakers play a little bit better defense than the total is giving them credit for. If they played twice this season, right? So the first meeting landed 209. Second meeting landed 231. Totals at 238? Mm-hmm. That sounds way too high. And Porter Jr. is one of the worst defensive players in the league, at least for Denver's team, and he's not playing. So you're assuming Denver defensively will be a little bit better. I know yeah, you're going to be seeing Bruce Brown. Yeah, and... They were awful defensively against Washington, but they were also – they scored 98 points in the paint against Washington. I don't think they really cared. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I have to lean to the under in this game based on how the two meetings have gone – I kind of like the Lakers here. Yeah, kinda. me too, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but Jokic destroyed uh, the Lakers in the first meeting. He had a masterclass game, I believe. A second meeting, I want to say he was pretty good, but not great. He had 23 points. He didn't really do much. I am going to lean to the Lakers, though. They had the Celtics on the ropes, and I think people will blindly bet Denver, but this line looks extremely short. Like, mm-hmm. sketchily short. Mm-hmm. Seems like a trap to me. I'm going to take the Lakers at home. Yeah, I think it's a trap, too. And many will fall into it. We will not. I think this is a spot, rare spot that you can back the Lakers at home with the Denver team that's not that good on the road. I mean, the Lakers aren't that good, period. But the Denver is not that good on the road. And if we get Anthony Davis that we Doesn't know this Anthony feel Davis like a play. 35-15 type game for Davis where he just goes yeah. for like some ridiculous 30 and 15 and attempts like yep. 10, 15 free throws or something. And that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. So 
Lakers should, yeah, they should really trade Russ while they can. <laughs> but because I think his stock is going to be the highest it's ever been right now. But I think Russ right. right now is arguably the most overrated player in the league, and half the team, th- half of the people that follow basketball think he's bad. <laughs> and I still think he's overrated because he's favored to win six man of the year, and they're better with him off the floor. <laughs> Which is like all, the ultimate gaslighting, by the way. He's favored to win an award when he's they're better with when he doesn't play. All right. Hopefully this doesn't go to overtime. That that's the problem the Lakers run into. They've gone to overtime recently, but you can argue that it actually benefits the Lakers because they've lost a couple of these games, but they've gone to overtime against some good competition. Mm-hmm. They might be a little bit undervalued. Yeah. Just live bet them when it goes over. Live bet against them when it goes to overtime. Yeah. All right. Before we get into our lock and dog, we got to talk to you about underdog fantasy because underdog fantasy, you can play in NFL playoff best ball. They have battle royale formats. They have pick them contests, all of that. And if you haven't signed up already, you can get a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. Use promo code SGPN underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. All right. <laughs> Let's see here. What do I want to lock up on the slate? Mm, is it that easy? Is it that easy as just saying Cleveland? It's never it's never that easy. I don't even know what you're talking about, but it's never that easy. It really is never that easy. But however, I'm gonna go Cleveland minus eight. Okay. For my dog. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Portland could be Portland on the road. Could be no. I ended up going Bulls. Can't do that. Could be Detroit in the early slate. So I think those only dogs I really well. LA is technically a dog, but that's a baby dog. I'm not taking that. Oh, or I could do Orlando. Oh, that would kill the curse. That would kill the curse if I bet Orlando and Orlando won. I feel like it's over. That'd be a Orlando's whole like fame six, ending of a curse. It's like six. It's six to one. Six to one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like six to one. Okay. Okay. I mean, come on, Paulo. Paulo's. You, you're. Let's see here. Because Boston's getting into a soft part of their schedule. And I just want to find a spot where we can. Oh, and this is a back to back. Yep. Nope. We got another back to back game set. I didn't realize this is a back to back game set. They play again on Sunday. So I'm going to take my chances. And hopefully Orlando comes up in shocks. And then, you know, Boston comes and beats the brakes out of them in the second game. Orlando, six to one. That's my dog. But I will add a bonus dog of Portland at plus 145. Because I do really like Portland today. All right. Uh, so I have one dog that I like. I'll give a bonus dog too, because I see two that I like. Uh, so for my lock here, it's the game after, so I feel like it's just going to happen. I do like that Nixon in Bulls under. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think. If, I'm trying play. to think if that is actually my favorite play or not. Because I do like that Lakers under as well against the Nuggets. I think that's if I didn't normally give out against the spread as my lock, I would probably give out that total. I do like that total a lot. Yeah, the Bulls shot so well from the floor. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under, 225.5 in that Knicks-Bulls game as my lock. And for my first dog, I'm going to go with two player props, by the way. First one, I'm going to take Munaf's favorite player. I'm going to take Mason Plumlee double-double at plus 210. Okay. I think it's an absolute steal at plus 210. 
if you want to look at Mason Plumlee's last couple of games, these are the re- these are the rebounding numbers his last couple of games. 18, 12, 9, 11, 12, 11, 10, 4, 12, 13. For points, 12, Who did he play the four? Who did he play the four against? Like, who was it that he had Played four? Boston. Played 27 minutes. What a bum. But once again, he's had at least 10 rebounds in six of the last seven games. The one exception, he had nine. The points, 12, 7, 13, 13, 8, 13, 17. And Capella's out. He's against the Kung Wu. And a Kung Wu is six foot eight. So Plumley actually has like an inch or two advantage on of height. Totals 240. Like there's gonna be points from everybody in this game. Double double plus two ten for a guy who should play roughly 30 minutes. I think it's a hell of a price. I'll take Plumley double double. All right. And my super long on uh other dog I'm gonna take. We're both double dogging it today. Well, you, I, I had two dogs that I actually liked. I thought about putting Plumlee as my lock, actually, but you gave out oh, two dogs, <laughs> so I'll give out my uh, second one. James Harden triple double, ten there to one. Go. Ten to one, yeah. I, I like think it's it. a great price at ten to one. Yeah, no, I think you're getting a value there. All right. Uh, wow, we got fantasy football advice here. Why not? Sure. You guys have been great in the chat all day. We'll go ahead quick. I know this is a b-ball, but should I go Hurts versus Chicago or Mahomes versus the Texans? I think this is a Mahomes game where he just I'm, tries I'm to Mahomes, go. I think he tries to secure that that uh what is it that MVP. So I I say go Mahomes because I, I do the think there's a lot of possibility. Yeah, I think the answer is automatically Mahomes because even though Hurts can run, like Miles Sanders might just score two touchdowns and you're just screwed at that point. If you're expecting blowouts from both games, the Chiefs just don't want to run. Mahomes walks into 330 yeah. passing yards every game. So I'd probably go Mahomes if I had to choose because I do think if you're expecting blowouts on both sides, Philly might just run it down their throat with Sanders and gain one, all these guys. The Chiefs just want to throw the ball all the time. So I have to go with Mahomes for volume. Yep. If and I, had I think pick. that there is a somewhat of a get-up spot for – uh, Chicago and I think Jalen. This could be a letdown spot for the Philly Eagles. So it's a, it's smashed in between two division games. So that's never good for them. All right, enough about football. This is a basketball show. Scott, anything else for people before we get up out of here? No, I might end up parlaying uh, Plumley and Harden, and we'll see what happens. But should be fun. A lot of games, a lot of high totals. So expect some serious player prop parlays from all over Twitter, or maybe just from yourself. But in general, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Right Show Radio. And I'm looking forward to the bowl games over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you get into the bowl challenge if you haven't already, even though the game started. maybe I think you can still get in, maybe. I don't know. I haven't looked. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Either way, next we are back on Monday. We're back on Monday. And so appreciate everybody here. Don't really have anything else to say. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. He's at Russia Radio. I'm at really real underscore underscore. And with that being said, I have no idea how I'm in the podcast. So we are out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me.